0: Welcome in, everybody, to the Dogs football podcast on this signing day episode uh, that we remember mentioning about the look ahead. We will actually do that uh, to start the new year. We thought it was yesterday. It was too big of a day for the program to definitely not have an update on what happened, who we missed on, and a lot more other things. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, what's going on? Like I said, a great day yesterday for the program.
1: Yes, uh, this early signing period is always great for um, all the kids out around the country getting signed um, to maybe some of their dream schools, and uh, um, it's a good look ahead to see what you bring in early. And maybe some some major schools are getting early enrollees coming in January, but um, it's good to see where your your class stands and getting guys to sign early. Um, then some are waiting. Till February to sign, but it was a good class. It's always a great day around the country. Yeah, you're right. We, we, Nick Hill even talked about, uh, that we'll get
0: into again, that obviously, yeah, this is the first signing period. We expect to sign and have more guys committed by the time of about February. He said they will definitely stay on it during the holiday season, uh, for the most part in terms of recruiting and getting guys. So yeah, that will be a lot of what this is and a lot of other stuff, Noah, but we wanted to kick off with. Obviously, some awful news that we found out. Uh, obviously, Ty Daniel, first year here was tremendous, looking forward to what he can do. Um, you know, next year, it was just tragic finding out that he lost his father, who was a uh, jailer deputy, I believe, uh, over in Mayfield. We know the tornadoes that had hit. Uh, he was a Graves County jailer's officer, uh, deputy jailer, and his father passed away Robert Daniel uh, just terrible terrible news I remember seeing it or Bryce just or Tice just uh, quoted something with a heart emoji didn't really look at it no until we found out that obviously before the basketball game yesterday which was a tremendous thing we had a moment of silence for Tice his father and his family for him for losing his dad in that devastating tornado took out Mayfield we know he's from that area in the Paducah area so we wanted to kick that off with saying our condolences to him and his family Uh, That Tice knows definitely that Sulukin Nation, his team, everything is behind him in in this awful time. Uh, Like we said, we know how devastating all that's been for uh, the Kentucky region. So we wanted to first start off with that. Uh, You're in our thoughts, Tice, and you're with the whole area of Southern Illinois' uh, prayers and thoughts. So definitely wanted to kick off with that. Uh, Noah, now uh, on a little bit of a lighter note, obviously let's jump into... Some things, uh Xavion we know had a emotional and great um uh, post that he had at the end of the season talking about his time here and he finally did graduate. He's got two degrees that Nick was asked about him. Uh but no, he had another big award. He won the Doris Robinson Award, which is a is pretty prestigious. uh talk about how the fact that you know his strength of all facets in his life, that he's a recipient for it. Uh I haven't seen exactly directly what it is, but he said it's it's the first time a uh Saluki player has won it. Uh Noah, another great award for Xavion who like we said uh, he'll be able to go to uh Frisco and a lot of this stuff for this reason. But no, he's putting himself in great position and all many facets to play at the next level maybe.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a great time and uh he was one of fifteen finalists. For this award, it's the seventh annual award named after the late school teacher and wife of Le- legendary Grambling State Coach Eddie Robinson. It is presented to a student athlete who excels both in the classroom and the community. And uh, that that right there defines Xavion Furcon. Um, what he's been through in his career and uh, what he's done is just, it, it just shows that he, he's one of the most well deserving guys um, for this award. And uh, I, I would almost say, um, this this award would mean more than winning like the Walter Payton Player of the Year award. Yeah, I know and that is the exact kind of player that he is. I think he is a personality,
0: a leader. His like we said, his durability on the field, his ability, and obviously just being a great player overall. That there might not be another player like him in every single facet of that. Again, in the program, let alone in the whole athletic department in the school in general. That's how special a person he is. Yeah, he posted a three point eight eight. GPA and the master of science and education program. He's been a longtime contributor to service and charitable efforts, including Carbondale area schools, ministries, military boys and girls club, and cleanup drives. This is tremendous, he said, quote, to even be considered for such a prestigious award is a blessing in and of self. Adversity is something that all student athletes deal with, but I feel as though it hit a little closer to home with me. Losing my mom in June of 2019 and losing my sister in September of 20, Were two major tragedies in my life that will forever be the fuel to my fire. I know they are very proud of my success both on the field and in the classroom. So like I said, I had classes with him. I knew kind of just seeing the, you know, the kind of person and student that he was. And it's not surprising to see this in the tremendous, tremendous career that he's had. Like I said, I might not see another player like him. So he will go to Frisco to accept that award. Just puts him on the map, like I said, to maybe having that chance at the next level. We know a lot of teams like durability as well. So that's something that he can definitely uh, take pride in moving forward. Now, Noah, as we know, you know, a lot of seniors uh, definitely had their post to end the season. A lot of them, we just wanted to read them here and what they said. All all of those big-time seniors uh, that have left their marks, obviously, that paved the way in this in this Nick Hill era and just had some words to say, I'm going to scroll and find one here. We'll start with Jack. He said, thank you for the past two – he said, to Saluki Nation, thank you for the past two and a half years taking a chance on a kid – from Australia is no easy feat, but I am so thankful for the opportunity to have represented Southern Illinois for the past three seasons, and hopefully I have left a positive mark on this place I called home. Thank you to the coaches who all took a chance on me and believed in me since my first day. I am forever indebted to the kindness and generosity you have showed to me and my family during this time. I am unsure what the future holds for my football career, but I will be keeping my options as open as possible, and I look forward to whatever it is in store. Once a Saluki, always a Saluki. No, that's great because, as we know, he was a finalist for the punt of the year. He didn't get it. was it a freshman somewhere that got
1: it? Yes, it was a freshman at Montana who's now transferred to Nebraska in the Big Ten.
0: Crazy because wasn't wasn't Montana as well that lost their quarterback? So and they managed to beat uh, whoever it was. So uh, that's just ironic and crazy that a freshman will win it. Yeah, now that he's now gone, Montana lost a couple guys in general. So yeah, Jack, great to see he puts himself also in the. Uh, in the record books, some record books here would definitely giving himself a chance as long as he pursued it. So, Jack, again, thank you. Some others here that we'd find. Bryson Strong, we know he called it a career. He said, Slutky Nation, a huge shout-out of gratitude to all my coaches, teammates, and supportive family for these last four years. It has been a true privilege to have had the opportunity to live out my childhood dream of playing collegiate football while earning my bachelor's degree. I'm forever grateful for all the relationships I've built here and the memories we've all shared. The brotherhood I've created with my teammates is forever. Thank you to the Southern Illinois community for all your support. I'm thankful for everything and ready for the journey ahead. So and we know he's probably got big things out of football. We know he's done playing football. Some great things ahead for Bryson. So excited for that. Nick Hill quoted that. Even Cole Stewart. Uh, and even Nick said, too short too, too short, and too slow, right? No one can match your heart and passion. Go be great 31. So Bryson... Uh, looking forward to what you can do moving forward. Noah, Noah, a big one here, Anthony Knighton, who's obviously a legend, will be in the Hall of Fame one day. First in sex, first in tackles philosophy, said, not really a well sp- or, uh, highly spoken guy, but he said, Saluki Nation, I would like to thank God for placing me at SIU. I can honestly say these past years at SIU has been an amazing journey. I've accomplished so much more than I could ever imagine on and off the field. Thank you to the entire coaching staff. I'm grateful that I was able to be a part of a team with great coaches, building lifetime friendships and playing with an incredible group of guys. I also would like to thank my parents who were with me every step of the way. I'm very excited about the path God has set before me, looking forward to the journey that's ahead. I am blessed with the opportunity and furthering my career. I will be signing with an agent and preparing for the 2022 NFL draft. Thank you, Saluki Nation. So that's great to see. Noah, as we know, uh, Great start to the career, and he ended it really well. Puts him on the map as well, probably, in, in terms of maybe he might move inside in terms of what he's become with his skill set. Signing with an agent, that gives him a good shot, right?
1: I would say, yeah, a lot of guys will side with the agent. We'll see what happens. Uh, um, I'm sure I'm sure. usually I think we go up to Northwestern because we don't get a pro, our own pro day, so uh, they pay their own way to go up to Northwestern. and So hopefully they have a good showing there.
0: Yeah, Nick Hill said about Anthony Saluki legend, so appreciate it. Your dedication to this program, set records that will be hard to be broken, going to miss you. And then Noah Bryce, no tree. We know his opportunities. He said, Saluki Nation, to the university that took me in as a fresh 17-year-old, thank you for everything that was granted to me in my time here as a Saluki carbon that will always have a special place in my heart. Thank you to the coaches, staff, and fans for allowing me to be myself and making my years here the best they could possibly be. I was blessed with the privilege of wearing Saluki maroon. And for that, I am forever grateful. And to my brothers, thank you for being my family away from home. I will cherish all of the good times that I've had here as a Saluki. And I am more than thankful for the relationships that I've created. Thank you, Saluki Nation, for the endless amount of support and well wishes. Once a Saluki, always a Saluki. I am blessed with the opportunity and furthering my career. He was, he will also be entering the 2022 NFL Draft. Nick Hill said, going to miss you, man. Play the game the way it's supposed to be played. All-time great. We mentioned that uh, the injury that he had that he played through shows heart. And then Noah will end with Landon here. He said, thank you to everyone in Saluki Nation who has made these past years an unforgettable and memorable place to be. I love Saluki Nation with all my heart. To the community, I appreciate the love you have given me, and I will forever be grateful for those experiences. To the coaches, I appreciate you guys being there for me and the team to make sure we reach our goals individually and collectively to my brothers, I will forever love and be grateful for the impact you guys made on me as a brother and teammate. I will forever cherish those moments. Then he says he will also sign an agent with the, and enter the 2022 NFL draft. Some of these guys know I just wonder how deep the draft is. Not sure if any of them will get drafted. It's just crazy thinking Jeremy being a second rounder. So we'll be obviously looking forward to that day and seeing these guys. And obviously, yeah, the pro day, see how they do. We'll be following them the rest of their careers and their lives. So it'll be great to see, like I said, they've left the mark in this Nick Hill era. So that is great, without a doubt. Now, Noah, let's segue to the big reason, obviously, why this pod came about. We wanted to get those out of the way. Noah, signing day. Let's talk about, obviously, the guys that we've gotten signing and even, obviously, having the pictures and all that stuff. And then we'll talk about the ones we missed out on as well.
1: Yeah, it's a big day. It's another step forward in building a solid perennial powerhouse program program. um, let's just start with a quarterback, a six-foot fresh, or going to be a six-foot freshman out of St. Louis, Missouri, uh, Lee Summit North High School. That is quarterback Trey Baker. Um, he led Lee Summit North its best season ever, and the Broncos went eleven and two and advanced the Missouri, Missouri Class Six A semifinals. During his senior campaign, he he threw for two thousand two hundred seventy-four yards and twenty-nine touchdowns with only one interception and sixty a sixty-two point eight completion percentage. He also ran for 263 yards and four touchdowns, um, was one of the four finalists for the Thomas A. Simone Award, awarded the Missouri Missouri's top all-around player. He sat out his sophomore year after transferred from Fort Osage to Lee Summit North. His brother, Ty, originally committed to play quarterback at Missouri State, but has since transferred to D2 Missouri Western State. Also, um, Trey's apparently a pretty good basketball player. So that's a big-time add that adds to these uh, crowded really crowded quarterback room, so uh it's a big time get and listening listening to Nick Nick Hill talk about him, um, he really likes this kid.
0: Yeah, you're right, and we just it's ironic, we know he loves Nick Baker and the fact that he already loves Trey Baker. He loves the Bakers. Uh, I've mentioned before and obviously, you know, over time who knows that Trey will definitely have a chance playing at that high a level and the fact that he's obviously getting recruited in general. Being six foot you mentioned a good basketball player that he will hopefully have a chance down the road here. So I feel like that's one of our best gets for sure. So let's that, iron out our, fr- our fresh incoming freshmen, and then we'll get to our transfers. There's some quotes on it as well. So who's the next freshman?
1: Yeah, we got us. Uh, let's go with Luther North, Jalen Banks, um, a defensive lineman, 6'4", 280. Um, he's ranked number 16 on the St. Louis Post of Pass, super 30 senior college football prospect, ranked as Missouri's 27th best defensive lineman prospect in the class of 2022 by 247 Sports, finished his prep career with 77 tackles, six sacks, and one fumble fumble recovery. He earned 2020 all district honors after he tallied 34 tackles, five tackles for loss, and two sacks. Tallied 40 tackles and four sacks during his senior campaign. So uh this is a big get where no one losing a lot on that interior interior line. So uh if he does the right things and get has a really good uh fall camp, this guy could be an in instant impact in the middle of the line. Yeah, for sure. I don't think we see a whole lot, maybe
0: at the higher levels for sure, these true freshmen play. and, uh, and Like we said, looking at this film, he's a heck of a run stuffer, and I'm sure he could rush the passer. He's a guy that if development under Coach Chuka and all these guys, uh, he could definitely build himself into a beast. Yeah, you mentioned post-dispatch having him highly rated. I think it's that, that's one that we'll look back on, even obviously at the ages that our guys leaving are, in the, in the four or five years, Jalen Banks, who I feel like will end up leaving his mark for sure. What yeah. about his teammate?
1: Yeah, his teammate, Brian Brown Jr., a 6'1", 150-pound. Um, he's going to come here. He's an athlete. Uh, not sure he's, uh, he's he'll start out as a receiver, Nick Hill said. But uh, Brian went 26-5 and five during his three seasons at Lutheran North, starting quarterback. He took over Lutheran North. Um, the starting job during his second game of his sophomore season, he went on to earn Missouri Football Coaches Association All-State first-team honors. Later that season, after he helped the Crusaders claim their first Class 2A, two Class 2 state title since 1999, he finished his prep career, um, 231 of 371 passing for 4,059 yards and 57 touchdowns, just nine interceptions. He also ran the ball 204 times for 1,408 yards and 21 touchdowns. Two-time All-District honoree, also competed for the Lutheran North track team and anchored the Crusaders 4 x 200 relay team as a state title as a junior. But so that just shows you what kind of athlete he is. going to come here, um, be an athlete, start out as a receiver, probably see him maybe on the return game. But um, I like this kid a lot, especially what he can bring to this team. He may end up as a DB, though. You're right. And whenever they signed him and made the post about him, it said
0: defensive back. So we were kind of wondering, we knew that was going to be the case. And then whenever in the interview, he said receiver, that's interesting for sure. And I've, I've said before, obviously, you know, with how deep our quarterback room is, the opportunity is not going to be there. his the stats are good because, you know, obviously these guys just dominate their competition to an extent. Uh, and even Nick Hill said, like, we go after guys that are obviously good. Like talent's going to be the first thing to an extent, you know, the thing that, you know, opens people's eyes the most. But it'd be interesting. We we just talk about it just in general, Lamar Jackson, like that kind of skill set you could bring for a guy like Brian Brown with those stats. But I'm not complaining because yeah, he is a heck of an athlete and he could definitely come here. And be. we've seen the position changes throughout their time here itself. So coming right in and doing that, I could definitely see him being a factor. And a lot, I like I like this kid as well. Who knows? He might play in certain packages. He might play quarterback. We might see something like that. You never know. So moving on.
1: Moving on, staying in Lutheran, staying in Lutheran but Lutheran St. Charles. Um, Charles Young Third, he's a DB, 6'1", 170. Um, Charles is a two, 2021 All-State first team as a returner. Six-star footballer has ranked him as the number 60 in Missouri in the class of 2022. and 2021, All-Conference first team as a DB. 2021, All-Conference second team as a kick returner. Had five solo tackles, two fumble recoveries, and a pass breakup. In an 88-yard kick, return for a touchdown to help St. Luther Charles defeat Lamar, 33-27, and captured the Cougars' Cougars first-ever state title in 2021. Finished with his senior season with 39 tackles and four fumble recoveries. Also returned four kickoffs for touchdowns, caught three three passes for 27 yards on offense. He transferred to Lutheran St. Charles from St. Charles High School after his sophomore season he did it all at St. Charles, or he did it all at St. Charles as a sophomore, which included lining up at quarterback, was six of ten for 124 yards and a touchdown at quarterback. Also ran 53 times for 158 yards. Defensively, total 26 tackles, five interceptions, with the, were the fifth most in the Metro East area. So this kid's an all-around athlete. Um, he's a big-time kick returner, so I'm sure um, maybe not his first year, but we're going to see him returning some kicks in his career.
0: Without a doubt. Talk about a do-it-all guy, as you said. That's incredible. I think he could end up being one of the best in this class as well. Just looking up and down, we'll get to the others. Talked about the other ones before and how good this class can be. He is. You watch his tape. He's a heck of a tackler, yes. and The fact that he was the difference in being that special team, making that special team play, that kick return, the only his team only won by six. Cause So that was the difference. Tremendous, tremendous player for what he did, being a state champion. Uh, Nick Hill talks about also getting winners, and that's exactly what he did. We uh, remember just flashing back note of the home games we were able to get to, our home games, and seeing Jimmy there and, and others, and he was there with Charles. So Jimmy had a lot to do with getting Charles here, I think, um, and then just the fact that Charles was good enough and wanted to be here enough as well. That's definitely one that we'll, we'll look back on in terms of special teams and being a defensive back that could uh, pave his own really good career.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to our next one, staying in the St. Louis area, um, Ryan Schwindeman, a 6'4", 235-pound tight end. Um, Ryan, three-year starter on both sides of the ball for St. Dominic, three-time all-conference and all-district selection, two-time all-state honoree. St. Dominic went 8-5 and five in the 2021 and won the Class 4 District 4 st- or state title. And as, as a senior or an all-conference second team, Honors on both sides of the ball caught 29 passes for 414 yards and two touchdowns. Also ran for 143 yards on 12 carries with three rushing touchdowns. Defensively tallied, tallied 46 tackles, seven sacks, two fumble recoveries, and an interception. Finished with 48 catches for 660 yards and nine touchdowns to go along with 46 tackles. And as a junior, to earn Missouri football coaches' station all state second team honors. Caught twenty passes for two hundred eighty nine yards and two touchdowns as a sophomore. Ranked twenty seventh on the St. Louis Post-Dispatch Super Thirty College Football Prospects. He also played basketball at Saint Dominic, where he averaged sixteen point eight points a game and eight point four rebounds, during All State honors as a junior. Crazy.
0: I mean, like you said, he does it on both sides. I wouldn't be surprised if we just, in general, because we know we uh, we'll just in, obviously we signed a tight end. We'll get to that. Uh, and he's only here for the one year, but I think Schwindemann can end up being a really good tight end. What's his size again, you said? 6'4". So, yeah, that's a great tight end size. He's probably a really, as you said, with those stats, really good receiver and a defensive end. Who knows, like we said, these these positions, who knows how these guys can play out. I like this one a lot. Yeah, he's one of the six players from the St. Louis area, which is incredible. We'll get to that, what Nick said and was asked about that. But that's really good. I, I like his potential as well. So, what about, his, what about the other St. Louis guy, the biggest of all, maybe, Jimmy Lansing?
1: Yeah, these these two guys, these two next guys are the more my style, the offensive line. Jimmy Lansing, a 6'7", 280-pound offensive lineman, played for Chaminade, Um, Three-year starter at left tackle, two-time all State, second-team selection. 2020 and 2021 All-Conference first-team selection helped lead Chaminade to a third straight five, Class 5 District 3 title in 2021. Ranked 21 on the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Super 30 college football prospects, He's a three-time all-academic honoree, and he also plays basketball on a great uh, Sh- Chaminade basketball team. Um, as good as this guy is a player, he's also probably as good as a recruiter. So he's been a, doing a great job. He probably had a lot to do with the guys around St. Louis. I like this kid a lot. Yeah, and we know he's active on Twitter,
0: and we've seen his tape that he's definitely – Quality talent, I think he'll be our left tackle at some point in the future. Obviously, working at it, we know the relationships him and the next guy have on with Trevor Olsen. Uh, I think that'll end up paying dividends, obviously. And, yeah, know, and, and we know that his dad, Jim Lansing, had DM'd us late last week about about yesterday and him signing at 12, and he offered us to come, which was really nice of him. We appreciate that. But we know with our work, obviously, we wouldn't be able to make it. But like I said, we appreciate it, totally we appreciate it. We'll be keeping up with it. Uh, that was really cool. Yeah, Jimmy, he's active. We have talked to him a lot on stuff. Like just saying right there, his family's active. He's a really good player. Yeah, like you said, really good recruiter. Has a lot to do with tons of stuff. And um, like we said, I mean, he's a three star. He's rated pretty high. We've talked about. People have tweeted about him getting looked at from other people, but he stayed committed to us, stayed loyal, and that's what matters as well. So can't wait to see what he can do.
1: Yeah, the the other the other big guy on the offensive line. Another big get, very active on Twitter, Ryan Chanley, uh, 6'4", 285, from uh, Canton, Georgia, Cherokee High School. He made the move from guard to tackle to help Cherokee advance to the GHSA playoff for the fourth straight season as a senior. He also helped break uh, Carterville's 62-game winning streak, which was the longest streak in state history. That is the school Trevor Lawrence uh, attended. In high school, two-time all-region all selection, finished with the most pancake blocks. In each of his four seasons at Cherokee, also competes on the Cherokee's track and field team. So this is, I think, I'll, I really like this get. Um He probably will move inside. I'd like to see, in the future, Jimmy at left tackle, Ryan at left guard. That's That would be a big part of this future.
0: And I think just seeing Ryan now, we saw him in person. and We see him in these pictures, how
1: how, how huge he is, like
0: brute-wise, strong-wise. Definitely move inside, we think. You mentioned playing tackle for his team to, you know, have their best chances to win. So that's what his tape provided. But definitely inside guy, yeah, that left side could potentially, especially with them being friends, we know they sat together at that game, that they're building that relationship that hopefully can build upon for the future. That Yeah, Ryan is definitely the utmost active on Twitter. He's about as excited for it and coming here as I've ever seen, I think, honestly. like He's always tagging people. He's been tagging us. We appreciate that as well. Definitely excited, and we can't wait to have him here. We're excited, too.
1: Yeah, this one might be the biggest steal of them all, um, just looking at what he did in high school. It's Ben Bogle, linebacker. Just got him. Yeah, just got him from Ponte Vedra, Florida, Nice High School, 6'2", 210. Um, Ben Bogle led the state of Florida in total tackles with 202 in 2021 and ranked 15th nationally in that category. Also led the state of Florida with 19 sacks, tallied 202 tackles, like I said, 129 of those were solo, 19 sacks, 33 tackles for loss, six forced fumbles, two interceptions as a senior, helped Nice advance to the regional final for the first time since 08. He was a 2021 District Player of the Year, played defense, the tackle as a junior, tallied 45 tackles and 28 solo, 8 sacks, 3-4 fumble. His older brother, Johnny, played tight end at Eastern Carolina. Um, this kid seems like maybe a um, um, Zach Barola-type linebacker, just relentless, wants to hit somebody, um, and I think this is a big steal. If you're doing that in the state of Florida, and we know that how rich of the talent the state of Florida is, that's huge.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And did you talk about the class that he was in and stuff? What's his size, what's
1: Six two two ten.
0: So he's he's got good size and he watches film. He definitely he finds his holes. He finds those he finds those gaps. He's a great uh blitzer, it looks like, and he can just do it all. Obviously at that level he will. And I think this obviously is a really good makeup for losing Connor Lair that Ben Ball will come in, especially like we said, this was really, really recent to fill that role to make this twelve overall and uh nine freshmen. I think he definitely filled the role well. Yeah, he will have a part in this on this roster down the road. That is a great get. Uh, now, to no, a segue into, uh, our transfers.
1: We have one more freshman. We have one more freshman, Marlon Hawk. Oh yes. Yeah. He's Sorry. a kicker and punter. Our most recent freshman is the commit, uh, six three one eighty from Phoenix, Arizona, desert Vista high school. Of his 11 kickoffs in four games during the 2020, 2021 campaign. Eight, eight went for touchbacks, Averaged 55.9 yards, a kickoff. He also competes on the track team. Um, I think this is a decent get. We're not sure on your kicking situation. We know we have two there and uh Jake Bumgard and um the other kid's name is slipping my mind. Yeah, local guy. Um, Granite City. Yeah, from Granite City. I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. Chase I. Chase Reeves is his name. Okay. So uh yeah, he says kicker slash punter. So but I had seen on uh Chase's Twitter he's been he showed some videos of him practicing punting. We don't know if we have a punter at six three one eighty. I think that might be more of a punter style. Not sure um, because what we've heard of Jake Bumgard and what he has done. It looks like he could be uh, the kicker, and maybe one of these two can punt. You're yeah, right. And Jake learned a lot from Nico. I was going to segue in to hearing
0: that Mike said that he was hitting sixty yarders in the domes during the playoffs. So I think that. Uh... Like I said, you know him. He's from Heron, so I mean, he's he's another local one that could build his legacy as well. Yeah, I like this Marlon ad. Seeing his tape, too, he was hitting inside somewhere and hitting really long 50-yarders as well, so yeah, we do get those guys in here with the big legs, and it could definitely be putter. You mentioned Reeves' ability to be putter. You're right. He's got the right size for it, and the Marlon can work his way as well. You know, obviously, kicking's important. We know all these guys have huge shoes to fill, literally all-time shoes to fill, so It'll be interesting, obviously, with us wanting to stay at the level we have been in terms of uh, competitiveness. So we would expect, hopefully, Jake and over time, these other guys to you know help obviously us win, which is the biggest thing. So hopefully, like I said, big shoes to fill. Hopefully, they can do that soon. You're right. Forgot about him. Him and Boga were, were definitely recent. Now Noah are three transfers. One in particular, tight end.
1: Yeah, tight end. He's our uh, was the second transfer to commit. Remington Lutz, a 6'6", 240 hundred and forty-pound redshirt senior. Transferred from Abilene Christian University, um, made nine appearances in 2021. His most productive game was against Central Arkansas, which he had three catches for 80 yards. Only caught 26 passes for 362 yards in his career at, at Abilene Christian. Earned All District first team honor as a tight end as a senior in 2016. In high school, he caught 13 passes for 191 yards and two touchdowns. Named to the All District second team as a junior in high school. So, uh, um, this is a big get. I think this is more of a looking at Tice, uh, what, not what you did down there, but more of the opportunity we have here for you. Exactly. And he will
0: be uh, serve one year, thinking it will be a good year. That's a good game. We remember talking about him and his name just a couple of weeks ago and the fact that we can land him. They do call him Big Country. Now, you said Abilene Christian, and Nick says he knows the offensive coordinator there, so there were some connections in terms of him telling him what he's about said Remington's a great person and a really good player. So everyone's looking forward to having him. We saw Tyce did uh, reach out to him. Probably they all have reached out to each other, but definitely on Twitter as well. So we'll have that really good tight end room moving forward. He brings that veterans veteranship that we obviously have talked about a hundred times on what's needed. And he's that's good at a position that we know, even though Nick confirmed Jacob Garrett will be back, Cole Stewart will not. So that'll be a good three set of tight ends. And we mentioned Schwindemann. Has the bright future there as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Then uh, getting on our next one was our first commit. Um, maybe thanks to Tice, uh, University of Memphis transfer, LeAndre Thomas, 6'1", 185-pound, redshirt junior from Jackson, Mississippi, has two years of eligibility remaining. He opted out of the 2020 season, um, was recruited to Memphis as a quarterback, coming out of Win- Wingfield High School, was ranked as a top 50 dual threat quarterback in the nation, um, at number 44, number 47 on ESPN, averaged over 400 yards of total offense per game in high school as a senior. Um, put up 4,481 yards at QB. So, uh, another one, but he, he also he, at Memphis, he played cornerback and safety during his time at Memphis. Started all 14 games in Memphis as secondary in 2019, finished fourth on the team with 63 tackles, and returned a pick for a touchdown against Louisiana Monroe. During his three seeds in the Memphis appeared in 30 games and finished with 80 tackles, seven break seven pass breaks up. Got his first collegiate pass breakup, as I mentioned, when we got him against SIU in 2017. So uh um, this is a, another add to depth in the secondary. We know we have Clayton Bush who's starting back there, but the other spots probably up for grabs with guys like Dorian Davis and maybe LeAndre. Andre. Exactly, and uh, you're right. I
0: think the connection with Ty had a lot to do with this. Him playing at that level, playing at a high level, Nick mentioned that he played all of their games one season. Yeah, and you mentioned the stuff that he did. Yeah, we did play against him so long ago, so here's another veteran. I mean, that was four, almost five years ago. So definitely the utmost of veteranship, Nick said. Uh, he comes from a staff that I know pretty well, started all 14 games Yeah, on a team that played in a New Year's Day Bowl, which is obviously key. You mentioned, yeah, being a safety, that's interesting. We know Clayton's there is what – as you said, and the Dorian Davis emerged at the end of the season. Definitely some good competition, and he'll get, you know, he'll get, you know, nice chops being a better. Obviously, you got coming in and earn. I noticed on his Twitter bio, it says, uh, University of Southern Illinois he needs to flip-flop that, just picking picking apart a little bit, which was funny. But he looks crispy in the uniform. Can't wait to have him.
1: Yeah, then our uh, guy we did not hear of, there was no rumblings of landing him. But he signed yesterday, Mark Davis Jr., a DB62195, redshirt sophomore out of Bradenton, Florida, um, from the University of Buffalo. Has three years of eligibility, so a young guy. Um, in high school, he, he helped lead the Bradenton River Pirates to so an 8-3 and three record as a senior, talented 22 tackles and nine pass breakups and three picks. So uh, redshirted as a true freshman, but played in eight games for the Bulls in 2021, recorded seven tackles, two pass breakups, and did not play in 2020 due to an injury. So this is another depth guy, probably maybe coming in on a starting job, a younger guy. Him and Dorian Davis and those young two safeties we have in the DBs.
0: Yeah, I think they know. With obviously losing Quay Brown, this is a big, you know, whatever shoes to fill and just to fill the void. We know all the guys we're losing are irreplaceable in their own ways on and off the field and personally. But, yeah, he said that, yeah, Nick said he brings a lot of length and things that we've looked for in the secondary. Adding him and LeAndre are guys really big for us, and we'll continue to recruit through the holidays and add a few more guys, as he said. So, yeah, another guy that played at a high level and can bring stuff here, yeah, fighting the injury, but hopefully he's 100% healthy. That was one that we didn't really see coming as well, as you said. So, yeah, those are definitely great ads, great – so far great, uh, veterans that we've added to add to these other younger guys. Uh, it was really good. We've talked about it. Like we said, adding these veterans is key and yeah, they'll keep adding these veteran guys. Noah, uh, obviously with some other ones we missed out on wanting to add. So let's get into the guys that we missed. What did they end up?
1: Yeah, we, uh, we offer a lot of transfers and, uh, quite a bit, uh, would be what would be true freshmen, high school seniors, I'm um, just looking at the high school seniors that we offered. Um, guys like Camden Robbins, a local guy and athlete that's from Fairfield, Illinois, headed down to Murray State. Um, then another guy, Pierce Humpich, just signed from Louisville, Kentucky, just signed with New Mexico State, so Jerry Kill stole one from us. Um, another one, uh, Luke Lindemeyer, is headed to Nebraska. Um, Grant Finley's headed from Chaminon is headed to Missouri Western state. Um, Joshua Anderson, an athlete from St. Louis is committed to Eastern Michigan. Um, a couple other guys, a lot of other guys like Hank Beatty, the Gatorade player of the year from Rochester and the state of Illinois, headed to Illinois. And a lot of other guys headed to like Iowa, two guys for going to Iowa, Vanderbilt, Nebraska, another going to Nebraska and central Michigan. So, uh, a lot of guys that we got out of reach for. But transfer-wise, yeah, we, we miss out on a lot of transfers that we offered. But we landed some several ones. But, like, line-wise, Braden, By- Braden Bryan and Seth Valley from Butler Community College. Um, um, Braden Bryant's headed to North Dakota, so we'll see him in the future. But uh, Seth Valley's headed to M- Middle Tennessee State. Dante Bivens from Tulsa is headed, uh, headed to Colorado State. Maximus McCree headed to Maryland. Um, Logan Kendall headed to Utah. Um, Owen Wilson, a tight end, is headed to Western Michigan. Robbie Mangus, a tight end, is headed to Buffalo. Darius Johnson, a defensive lineman from Garden City Community College, is headed to UNLV. Um, a big one we thought we had a really good chance to end up in his final three, decided and signed yesterday, is Jason Mercier from FIU. He's headed to play for Jackson State, who's landing everybody right now. Um, a linebacker, Wayne Jones, from Kansas State, transferring to Charlotte. Noah Mitchell, a Juco linebacker, Central Michigan. Sincere Jackson, another Juco linebacker, is headed to San Houston State. Kobe Savage, a safety from a Juco, is headed to Kansas State. Um, Nick Nakwasa. A DB from C- Central Arkansas is headed to Colorado State. Then uh, Jarius Rumenek, safety from Arkansas State, is headed to James Madison. So several transfers and a lot of other guys are headed to different places. But we signed several several others. And Nick Hill said we expect to maybe sign a couple more before Christmas, and we will sign more getting to or getting towards February. So it'll be interesting. It's one of those you probably. We'll end up signing. We won't know till spring gets around. We find out more about the team. It always happens that way when we get to the final signing day. But uh there's still a lot of good a- options out there, so uh not too disappointed, but uh we'd like to have maybe a lineman out of those guys or Jason Mercer Mercer on that D line. Yeah, and is it that uh Chester, he
0: hasn't committed anywhere either. No, right? but so he visited not. He visited. We know he's still an option. Yeah, the defensive end spot is definitely what we need to add for sure. Yeah, being the early signing period, yeah, over time, this could grow. This obviously is just a stepping point in terms of definitely transfer-wise. And even high school players, who knows? But we know these guys have been in transfer a while outside of Ben and Marlin. So uh, these guys know what to expect. These guys are, like I said, cemented in this. Um, Yeah, I mean, definitely those guys. You said Maximus McCree, who we knew was getting Auburn and Missouri looks and then settling with Maryland uh, you know he, he would have been a big get for sure and we like you said yeah both sides even on the line offensive and defensive need to look into for sure and you know knowing even if it's just for one or two years because we know obviously the ones we just signed and looking we do have some young guys we know our offensive line outside of Zabion will probably be the starters once again get Calvin Francis back you never know what things can happen so left guard is honestly up for grabs right now we know Jake Green's filled in we have a couple guys, like we said, some young guys feeling on the wing. So, uh, definitely the edge rusher, though, outside of Richie Haggerty on the other side of Richie Haggerty, could be um, definitely of uh, stuff we need to do. When you say what other positions do you think we'll look to before we get into some quotes here?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think wouldn't, wouldn't mind see maybe a veteran wide receiver, maybe because uh we know we have Isaiah in the slot, but it depends like. The other guys that take that next step, we know we had two really good freshmen we signed last year. Uh, We know Brian Brown's coming in, but wouldn't mind seeing maybe another veteran uh, wide receiver to land or something, but uh, other than that, I think we're pretty set. We know we got some good guys coming back, Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, Maybe another linebacker to add to the mix, because I don't know, I doubt any, any of our freshmen coming in will play right away, not sure about that, but... Um, we usually don't get to see that, but we know we signed two good linebackers last year. Um, so uh, it'd be interesting, but maybe a veteran wide receiver. But other than that, the two got the the, uh, the the trenches is the most to look at.
0: Yeah, and you're right. I'm glad you mentioned the other ones we talked about, wide receiver, adding like a Jerron Rollins type, played a high level and made big catches and was that bigger guy that we don't have. We talked about Zach Gibson maybe filling that role. Who knows? And like we said, we'll have our Legit look ahead in terms of roster, what it looks like, even with the new guys, potentially, and then looking forward, we'll have that in the new year sometime. Definitely wanted to have this one about this one. But, yeah, you said receiver, and you said uh, linebacker for sure, adding Ben Bogle over time, like we said, and we know we got Lewis Wilbur in the wings, just a sneak peek here of what we have, even Tim Johns thinking of. But we know that uh, Branson and uh, Barola have earned their rights, and it hurts not having Bryson Strong, we said. So definitely – a lot of positions still to fill. We mentioned how we added two key and granted their safety. So filling Quay's shoes the best we can is key. We know we're really set at cornerback, uh, but adding veterans, like we said, at those positions that are tight end. So really two positions that we don't really need the depth, even though we would love to have the experience that we do have there. So definitely a lot more positions to add. We're thinking that they definitely will. This staff is always working, looking to find the next best thing. So Noah, some quotes here. Uh, starting off with the St. Louis thing and Mike asked him and he was asked about the St. Louis area area. He said, we're always going to be recruiting St. Louis heavily. If there's a kid we feel like we want and want to offer, then we need to be able to get them committed to us. St. Louis gets recruited pretty heavily from our, from our league. That's the closest city to us with the most players. Noah, he mentioned Mark Watson. We know wide receivers coach came from South Dakota. uh, That he obviously is from St. Louis. So he's been diving in there. He said he's recruited it for a long time and made unbelievable relationships with high school coaches. So the information that we really want to get and the backstories on kids, we've done a great job of getting during the summer where you can get those kids to drive down here to campus and tour campus and see it. And that goes a long way. We can get to know those kids. That's definitely key. St. Louis is a a hot spot, definitely in the Midwest. He said for the league, that's a great point. Definitely is that having that easy drive, as he mentioned, is definitely key. I think, uh, some stuff he opened up with when talking about obviously how exciting of a day it is overall being that this is their seventh class that we have coming in here. He said, it's crazy how fast those go. It really hits home when you watch those guys who are now all the way through your program and you remember their signing day, they graduate and you see the maturity, you see how much they've changed and grown. And he talked about, uh, with Mike on the pictures that they remember talking about in training camp and showing what they look like as freshmen compared to now is funny. Uh, Like I said, he will add to the class. He talked about some guys in particular. Uh, He said, on doing your homework and recruiting, he said, what separates guys all over the country is their off-the-field characteristics and trying to find out if they really love football and what type of teammate they are. All staffs uh, are out to do that, but you really have to do your homework and dive into these kids' lives and ask high school coaches that played against them, find out about their family, find out what they've overcome in life. All those things are so important because when you're 18 to 22 years old, there's a lot of things thrown at you it's not just the football part; it's all those other things. You know, we know Nick; he preaches about all that stuff outside of football, all that uh, stuff that you know makes a program a program in terms of the personal aspect. And even he mentioned guys uh, that yeah had been through that adversity and uh, just stuff that they've gone through to get them to this point. Definitely a big thing. And you know, go those relationships with the families, as he said, uh, he said you're not going to be a finished product when you're 18. So obviously, over time, that's uh key and he said on the key factors he looks for in a recruit does he play hard does he care about his teammates i want to see the guy who's not celebrating with himself and look at me say look at me or if i go watch him play and his teammates makes an unbelievable play and he's the first one there to celebrate with the guy and so on said you have 105 guys on the team and you have to know what fits you he might be a good player here and somebody else doesn't want to recruit him and that's okay we have to build the team here first with people and to end it He said on roster management, this is just the start to this class. We have to be patient and take the right guys. You're going to see around the country there's less and less high school kids getting scholarships just with the transfer portal and what it's done to recruiting. We're going to take the right kids. We'll have a few more guys added to this probably before Christmas. Yeah, like you said, last year you had COVID. Kids would come back. You had over 85 guys on scholarship. We couldn't spend over 63 allotted scholarships. Money wise, so you really had to do a good job. We had so many guys coming back that we're going to lose more guys than we're able to add, and we know that going into this year because you have to be back under eighty-five scholarship guys for the season. Part of my job as head coach is managing that roster, making sure we have a, a team ready to go compete at a super high level and be a top-five program. Which, as we know, and no, I didn't North Dakota State. You said they signed like a record amount of guys. It seemed like how many like over thirty. You said thirty-one. Right? So when we talked about maybe the guys that they're losing, they'll be a completely different team moving forward, but we know they'll still be good. They still have those guys that are obviously returning and a big class coming in. They know they can get freshmen. So that is key for sure. Like we said, the relationships our staff can can build with, uh, with players is definitely key. That uh, separates us to a point. And we mentioned Tony Carter having that experience. He was in homes as well for a lot of these guys. So it's definitely key. It was a great day yesterday to get these early guys in here to uh, definitely get a feel for what we have for the future and definitely into next year. Uh, So, Noah, that was a big part of this, obviously. Do you have any final thoughts before we move on?
1: Yeah, it was a good start. Uh, We're going to add to this class. um, There's some – looking, just looking at what we're going to look at, obviously the offensive line and that stuff, but it was a great start. Um, we know. I know the early signing period goes through tomorrow, so we may see somehow out of nowhere someone sign tomorrow, but I highly doubt it. So we'll wait until um, the the later date in February to finish up this class, which I believe we're still ranked third in recruiting in the valley, so uh, behind North Dakota State and I forget who's second. But um, off to a good start. This is what helps build programs, and we got our, we got some guys. Still to replace.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. So quickly here, uh, if no one knows, obviously the FCF playoffs still going clearly. We're in the final four. Some games tomorrow night, one, and then one on Saturday. Noah, uh, give us those games again and maybe some picks and who we think can bring it home.
1: Yeah, tomorrow night is uh, James Madison at North Dakota State. And Saturday, you got South Dakota State at Montana State. Um, I picked uh, Before the playoffs started, I picked the Bison. I'm rolling with the Bison.
0: You're right. That's a great game. James Madison, we know, along with Sam Houston, they are leaving. So maybe they want to go out on a ton. North Dakota State, as we know, obviously, are a great team. But even us putting up a fight is, you know, for those other teams, it'd be a lot easier potentially. So hoping for some great games. Even South Dakota State, I picked to get this far. Uh, and it'd be cool seeing them in South Dakota State and North Dakota State meet up. But we know Montana State is incredible. Um, opponent as well so those will be two great games yeah I'll, I'll also go with the Bison to bring it home uh, and we said the in the new year we'll look ahead with the roster wise what it looks like and what we could still add to this point we mentioned February we'll have it before that but obviously we'll have through the offseason episodes to talk about the team and anything breaking news or anything will continue to happen uh, knowing then we wanted to bring back the mailbag thing so uh, we want people to be able to know that our DMs are open if they have any questions about recruiting, about the team itself, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We wanted to open it up. And uh, for that, once the new year gets here, we have that look ahead. If you have any questions, what we think going in the off season and look ahead next year, um, that's now's the time to DM us. Uh, don't, be, don't be afraid. We, we got certain people um, that always DM us and talk to us. And uh, it's a good time if – when it gives us more to talk about answering questions. Uh, we like that. So, uh, if you have something, shoot us a shoot us a message or comment on our tweet. Um, then we can we'll we'll shout you out on that podcast at the beginning of the year and uh, answer your question the best we can. What we think.
0: Yeah, you're right. Uh, we obviously know that or think that we know a whole lot. Obviously, we wouldn't do this. We wouldn't care as much. So, we would like to answer any questions that people have. Like we said about the current team, about the future. And even, we know Saluki Insider is a big thing. People talk on there. We'd like to just have it overall be a big old topic. We've talked on basketball and having those Twitter spaces talking about just in general. Uh, So that's, you know, that's a hotbed right now for college football of the high majors. So, yeah. And, again, this season was one that we expected to be, you know, too many inconsistencies to be the team we wanted to be. There were some highs and obviously a lot of lows towards the end of the season. But it's nice to have another playoff win under our belt against a quality opponent, both being on the road. Um, You know, we're setting ourselves up looking forward. And obviously it just matters on placing yourself in better position for playoffs to not have to face a North Dakota state in the second round. You want to face those guys in the end. So we mentioned how this past year was the year. I feel like with the, with the players we had, we know a lot of players will have to step up and we're bringing back a lot of great guys. We cannot wait to talk about. So we're excited for the future of this program, obviously, Cannot wait. It's been a crazy 2021 with the games this team has played. The staff and the whole team has worked really, really hard to build this program as to what it is in Nick Hill's uh, soon-to-be seventh season. So, it, like I said, it's been a great year. Can't wait to what 2022 has to offer. So, for Nick Malone, no alert. we will see everybody in the new year. Cannot wait. Go dogs!